0: Coming up on today's episode, the Miami Heat have officially been eliminated from the playoffs. (sighs) Unfortunately, after getting swept by the Milwaukee Bucks four games to none, obviously not the outcome we all wanted, especially coming off that finals run that I constantly talk about on this podcast the year before, but I'm going to be sharing my thoughts on both games three and four and the entire season and all. I'll also be looking ahead at the following season as far as free agency goes who you should keep an eye on, who's available, who would be a great fit, who should we keep, who should we let go, move on from, etc., cetera, et cetera, Definitely, I wish I was here to discuss at Miami Heat, trying to tie the series up to a piece going into game five or something like that. But listen, nonetheless, we're here now. And truth be told, I don't think we're done yet. I really don't think Pat Riley is done yet. I think we're still going to compete to try to compete for a championship the following year. I think Pat Riley is going to make some key moves. I don't think this roster is going to be the same whatsoever. So any Miami Heat fans, I understand that you're upset right now because of the sweep. Completely understandable. Don't get me wrong. But if there's one thing to look forward to, it's that we have Pat Riley, the godfather himself. He wants that ring. So he's going to go out and get that. He's going to improve this roster. And I'm going to share my thoughts on that. I think you guys are going to enjoy this one. Welcome to the Miami Sports Vibes podcast, episode 20. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you all for the continued support. I cannot thank you guys enough. I'm extremely grateful for the messages that you guys send me through Twitter, the feedback you've given me on this podcast, week after week, 20 episodes down. And all I can think about is just how thankful I am to have listeners and have the support that you guys give me week after week, I'm extremely, extremely grateful for all of you, so I just a huge shout out to everyone listening to this podcast here today and the messages as well. The messages are awesome, to say the least. Um before we get started on this episode, this is not gonna be a negative episode, okay? Yes, the heat got swept, but we, we talk about a little bit of positive things, not to say that the sweep was okay, so I definitely get into that, but we also look forward more towards next year. Not completely just bashing the Heat for their loss. But a lot of things to get to. Also, anyone listening, if you're not following me on Twitter, please do so. My Twitter handle is at SportsVibes305 and my messages are open, so feel free to reach out to me and talk about sports whenever you feel like it because that is my hobby and that's what I love to do. So NBA playoffs, whatever it may be, just hit me up there. But yeah, jam-packed episode, so let's get right into it, starting with the Miami Heat. All right, so let's get into this basketball talk. Listen, there's no sugarcoating it. If you're listening to this podcast, you guys know we got our asses kicked and handed to us. That's right. We got eliminated by the Milwaukee Bucks in four games. They swept us. They brought the brooms out and flat out embarrassed us. It was completely embarrassing and all when you look at all of the games, the way they were played. After game one being so competitive. To drop game two and then game three at home, especially, it was an absolute embarrassment. But let's talk about game three. I mean, we're not really going to cover too much of it, but it was a game at home, right? And, you know, you fall two games in Milwaukee, okay, you're fine. All you got to do is protect your home court, and then this series is going to be entertaining at that. But what do we do? Completely lay an egg. We lost that game 113 to 84. It was not even close from the jump, and it was so surprising to me. It was really surprising to me. You're know, you you're playing at home. You got all of these fans in attendance who were great, by the way. You guys that were there, if you're listening to this podcast, you guys did an amazing job. You were cheering on this Heat team. They needed you guys, and they didn't give you guys nothing great to watch. I mean, it was, it was ridiculous. I, I, I don't understand. I really don't. I really didn't expect that at all. But right when we fell 3-0, I had a feeling it was over. You know, at that point, I was basically saying, you know what, game four is at home. I love this team. Let me just watch this team go out and go out fighting. So that's what I was hoping for in game four. And you know what? In game four, they came out with great energy from the start. I wanted to see them go down fighting. And I thought the way they came out was very different, very different than the other games. So I was appreciative of that, at least show some effort. But it was a close game. We had the lead at halftime past the first quarter, and it was only a matter of time before the Bucks were going to start kicking up, right? That's the feeling I got. I said, ah, oh, this is a little bit too close for my liking. And the Bucks just started getting hot. They made second half adjustments, and they were just making shots easily. It was insane. It was like we were missing shots, and they were making shots. They say it's a make or miss league, right? That was certainly the case. And how about that guy, Bryn Forbes? I mean, of course. Of course, this game, Giannis didn't kill us. Middleton didn't kill us. Holiday didn't kill us. It was Bryn Forbes. Like, are you kidding me? You can't make this up. It's always that, you know, eighth or ninth guy in a rotation that seems to kill us every time. You can't make it up. If you're a Heat fan, you know, you're expecting this stuff. You know, he was insane. He had seven threes. He finished with 22 points for the Bucks. Jimmy finished with a triple-double. But we fell short, and we lost. We lost this by a final of 120-103. to 103. And props to the Bucks. I mean, there's not much else to it. My thoughts, I mean, the Bucs are a good team. They're way, way different than they were last year. This is a completely different team. They have got themselves playing really good basketball. The addition of Drew Holiday is amazing for them. And that's not even all that's really eye-popping. To me, it's more so the bench. I mean, they have some real well-rounded bench play, in my opinion. There's guys, you know, last year, they were all kind of catch-and-shoot veterans, slow. You know, like they had DiVincenzo, they had Pat Connaughton in the rotation, Kyle Corver, George Hill, Bledsoe was eh, you know what I mean? But now they have these players, and a Brent Forbes and a Bobby Portis, that those guys are able to not only just catch and shoot, but they can put it on the floor and shoot off the dribble. Bryn Forbes is a prime example of that. And I think he's been amazing for the Bucs. And Bobby Portis, I mean, I thought that guy was not a scrub, but I didn't think he would be that valuable to this Bucks team. And he's been great. He had a good series himself, and he's had a good season. I talked about this on the preview before the series. I mean, Bobby Portis has been a good addition for them. And P.J. Tucker, whether he's scoring or not, you know he's giving you great defense, and he is a threat to knock down that corner three, whether it's going in at a high clip like it was in Houston or not. You still got to respect that. And I mean, the team, the team, the team is good. We lost to a good team. And I didn't, you know, of course, when we're playing against them, I'm not going to give them credit because I think we're better. And I think we should beat them. I thought we really could, but we lost to a damn good team. Of course, you don't want to see the heat get swept. You want to see them compete. You want to see this series going six or seven at best. You know, we don't want blowouts, but the Bucks are a really, really good team. I'm I'm completely impressed. I really am. And now Milwaukee's most likely going to play Brooklyn, assuming that that series goes Brooklyn's way. I wouldn't be surprised if they take down the Nets, honestly. I really wouldn't. I like the way they match up against them. The season play with them was kind of even. The, they did play a couple weeks ago. Those were really entertaining games. The Bucks beat them in both, I believe. And obviously it's a regular season, so you can't really judge too much on it. But I really, really like how this Bucks team is going to match up against Brooklyn, and it wouldn't surprise me if they beat them. I actually think they really can, and if I had to choose who I think would win in a nets bucks matchup, I would say the Bucs. But let's get back into the Miami Heat, right? So what's next for our Heat team? Well, we finished the season at 40 wins and 32 losses. You look at that record and you say, okay, they played all right. That was a decent record. But those of you guys that are listening to this podcast and that are loyal He fans, which I'm sure you are, and you witnessed this season in all, this has been a bad season to say the least, especially when you're coming off a finals run. There's so much high expectations, especially when you got a guy like Jimmy Butler on your team and then Bam Adebayo, who you just gave that max contract to. The pressure was on. You know, We had high expectations for this team. I was expecting them to at least get to the Eastern Conference final. Um going up against the Nets before the season started, of course. I obviously when things started to go downhill, things kind of altered a bit. But on paper, after losing the finals last year, to me, I was like, okay, we're the Eastern Conference finals at best. And we failed to do so. That 40 and 32 record, it looks good. It's a positive record. So if you're like a Knicks team or a Hawks team or a Boston team, maybe the Pacers if you have a record of 40 and 32, yeah, that's excellent. But for the Miami Heat, after coming off a finals loss, <laughs> finals appearance, 40 and 32 is not that good. So it was, it was frustrating and all. We were 21 and 15 at home. At least that was positive. Uh, 19 and 17 on the road, both positive records, but it's just too much inconsistency. And that was from the jump. I mean, we had so many excuses lined up for this team. We were saying, okay, Jimmy had the COVID thing. That's why uh, the injuries. That's why the, the short off season. That's why rest. The excuses went on and on, and we really never got it together. Truly, whether we got in a little winning streak, that was backed up by a little losing streak all year. It was just up and down, up and down. We started to get things going out towards the end of the year, but sometimes you can't do that. You have to have a good, consistent season. With your team, the chemistry has to be at an all-time high. Everything has to click going into the playoffs because that's when it really matters. And we got beat, but you look at this roster, and this roster needs some major, major, major improvements. We need a playmaker. We need a good stretch four that can play next to Bam because I'm assuming Bam is going to be playing the center position for the future. We offered him that max deal, and what type of person fits next to Bam? I believe that that should be a top priority, and it's really, really important because that's your star player, right? Jimmy Butler and him, but he's the younger player, so you kind of cater more to him. So you want to have a nice fit next to him, whether it's a good point guard that could get him the ball or a nice stretch four. The stretch fours with Bam Adebayo have always, you know, made his game shine better. He's played all right with Kelly Olene, but with Jay Crowder especially, you had a guy that can defend you had a guy that can pick and pop and shoot the three. And it gave a lot of space for Bam Adebayo to operate and do what he's good at doing. So I think finding a good, reliable stretch four is key during this free agency. I'm not sure if there's many great ones out there. There's a couple solid ones. I'll talk about that in a minute. But yeah, I think that's important. Also a playmaker for sure. But looking at the season, Bam Adebayo finished with 18.7 points, 9 rebounds, 5.4 assists. A better season statistically than last year, but we all definitely expected more from Bam Adebayo. He could be better, and he acknowledged that, and I think he'll be just fine. I think he's going to tap into a whole nother skill set next season. I think he's going to work hard this offseason. I think he's going to work on that jump shot. So hopefully we're able to see some tremendous strides from him going into next year because that's when that max contract kicks in. So that's when we really could judge him. All of this early judgment, Slander and Bam, I'm not here for that, as you guys know, but I expect big things from Bam next year. Jimmy Butler finished the season with 21.5 points per game, 6.9 rebounds, 7.1 assists. He was outstanding. What a year for Jimmy Butler. I think there were career highs in rebounds and assists. He was tremendous. When he was out there, his impact was serious. He was out there, at least an MVP candidate, in my opinion. The way he played and his importance to the C-team was incredible. Without Jimmy Butler, the Heat can't succeed. And I mean, we showed that. When he was out, we could not really stack together wins. We cannot do many things offensively, defensively. It was just it was a shit show. But hats off to Jimmy Butler. He was incredible. Um the playoffs a little bit of a different story. He struggled. He did not play as well as I thought he would. Of course he gave you a little bit of everything and he gave you so much throughout the season, but Nonetheless, I mean, he's our star player. I definitely expected more from him during the playoffs. Don't get me wrong. But about his season, I thought he had a really good season. I'm definitely going to give that grade an A+. I mean, his record with this Heat team was tremendous. His impact was tremendous. And not even his ability to score those points that I mentioned or get those rebounds and assists. But his effort defensively, his steals. Jimmy Butler's the man. He's getting up there in age. He's 32, I believe, now and time is ticking. I'm going to talk about that soon, but time is ticking on Jimmy Butler, and I really, really hope we can get back to the finals because that's where he deserves to be. That dude is a worker. Despite having that bad playoff series just now, Jimmy deserves to get back to that finals. Like I said, we're going to talk about that in just a moment. Tyler Hero, he ended the season with 15.1 points per game, five rebounds, 3.4 assists, shot 43.9% from the field, You know, the points per game is good and all, but you guys that have watched Tyler Hero this year, it was not that great of a year. You look at the numbers statistically, you're saying okay. But I think what we did is, after seeing how great he played in his rookie year, we kind of held him to such a high standard and we expected him to be like this 20 points per game scorer. And the truth is, he's not just that yet. I mean, the kid is still young, he's still going to grow. I think he's going to be all right. I think he's going to develop into a fine player. A lot of people are completely out on him. I've heard that talk. Am I on the same side? Absolutely not. I think he's going to be a really good, solid player. He can be a very, very great six man for years to come. He can kind of be like a Lou Williams maybe, maybe even better. But I'm not giving up on the kid. I really am not. I usually judge a player off three years. Once I see a player play for three complete years, I'm able to judge him and know if he's a good fit or not. So there's still one year left. I mean, sophomore slumps happen. That's a thing. Usually a player plays gun on his rookie year. They hit a rookie wall, but they finish off with a good year if they're a good player. Sophomore years, they're not that great. Not a lot of people have good sophomore years. So sophomore slumps are a thing. I think this third year is going to be really defining for Tyler Hero, and I'm looking forward to watching him. I'm a big Kentucky fan. If you guys listen to me, you do know I'm a big Kentucky fan. I've been all my life. And Tyler Hero's from Kentucky, so maybe I'm a little bit, like, extra cautious with him and give him the benefit of the doubt a little bit too much. But I think he can really round himself to a really, really solid six-man scorer-type player. And like I said, I'm not giving up. I expect a big jump from him in year three, and I think we will get it. It's going to be big. We'll see if he's moved or not. I, quite frankly, think they should hold on to the kid. I think he has a great future. But we'll see. And those are the notable three players this season and their averages, and let's talk a little bit about free agency. So we have a lot of players going into free agency, which is, I think, a good thing. You can argue if it's good or bad, but to me, it's a good thing because I think there's going to be a ton of makeover with this Heat roster. I think it's going to be a dramatic change. I really don't think we're just going to roll out the same team that we had this year because we saw it. We need improvement, and we need improvement bad. I completely wouldn't be surprised if we let a lot of guys walk here. I mean, look at the names we got at a free agency coming up. Bialitsa, free agent. Dwayne Deadman, free agent. Trevor Ariza, free agent. Oladipo, free agent. Kendrick Nunn, free agent. Duncan Robinson, free agent. Andre Iguodala has a team option of $15 million. No way in hell am I picking that shit up. No chance. I'm sorry. I like Andre Iguodala. I respect his game. I respect his career, his veteran leadership. He was awesome. I like the thought thought of the addition. (laughs) I thought it was going to pay tremendous dividends there, but it really wasn't. He wasn't the same player he was in Golden State, unfortunately. I was really hoping that he would bring some of that intensity, that toughness, that veteran leadership, and that presence that he had in Golden State but it, it wasn't the same at all it really wasn't so Andre Iguodala for 15 million with all due respect I am not picking that team option I don't think that he'd do as well and Goran Drogic also a team option his team option is worth 19 million dollars and listen listen to what I'm saying I am not paying Goran Dragic that 19 million dollars I'm sorry. I know he's been great for our organization. I know he's been a great leader. He's played hurt. He's done so many things. He's broken a couple teeth here playing for the Heat. I respect the hell out of Goran Dragic. I love Goran Dragic. I'm a fan, but I'm sorry. No way in hell am I picking up that 19 million dollars. And I hope he understands that he did not play at a level that's worth paying him that much money. And if we ultimately want to get better, we have to do the business move, and you know try to restructure that deal into picking, staying with us but coming at a way less salary than 19 mil because the window is now. We got to win with Jimmy now. He's 32 years old. We just came off a of finals run the years before. So the window to win now is literally now. <laughs> so we need to save and shed all the money that we can here and especially if it can lead to upgrading the roster. So we'll see how they do with that. But I, I'm assuming they decline both ultimately And I'm assuming Draja comes back just at a cheaper deal. How cheap? I don't know. But that 19 million? uh Uh-uh. No chance. So those are all the free agents that we do have upcoming here. And the notable ones that are on the market, you got Kawhi Leonard. That's if, 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 big if, if he declines his player option. And the truth is, there's been rumors about Kawhi Leonard possibly joining the Heat, blah, blah, blah. But you know what? nobody knows what the hell Kawhi Leonard is thinking. (laughs) Nobody knows for years and years and years what the hell Kawhi Leonard is thinking. He is very different. He is to himself. He's closed off. He barely talks. All of that stuff you see on TV, he's pretty much like that. But you want to be in play. You want to have the money and be ready in case that opportunity does come. And just imagining Kawhi Leonard and Jimmy Butler would be amazing. But Let's not even spend too much time on that because that's a big if. Things have to go really south in L.A., and to be honest, I think if things go south, I think they trade Paul George to round out their team, but I don't see Kawhi Leonard opting out and leaving, Uh, but that's neither here or there. Also, Kyle Lowry, he's a free agent. You guys know how I feel about him. I love him. I think he would be great for this team. Lonzo Ball is also a free agent. DeMar DeRozan is also a free agent. There's other guys, mostly our guys. Like I said, Victor Oladipo, Goran Dragic, possibly Duncan Robinson, Kendrick Nunn. And um, Whiteside's a free agent. No thank you on that. But who would I target first, right? You hear all these great names. You're like, ah, I mean, they're not great, but they're solid names. There's certainly a lot of people that can improve your team. Also, Paul Millsap is a free agent. Rudy Gay. A couple names that I took down that I think would be interesting. Uh, would be interesting fits as well. But who would I go for first? I think I'm going to go Kyle Lowry. I really, really like Kyle Lowry. I think his impact on this team would be amazing. His veteran leadership, he has championship DNA. He plays a playmaker, which we desperately need. He's a great defender at the guard position, which we need. We didn't have that with Kendrick Nunn and Goran Dragic. And Jimmy loves him. And quite frankly, like Jimmy's been playing so well for us and has been such a great leader that his window is now, and at this point, i rather feel more comfortable with whatever, giving Jimmy whatever he wants. If he thinks this player will be a good fit for this team, trust him, because he's the one going out there, busting his ass, and giving his all, and he's producing. It's not like he's going out there and not producing. He's literally producing, so I think Jimmy knows best what this team needs to get over the hump, and Jimmy loves Kyle Lowry. We all know that that's well-documented, and... If he wants Kyle Lowry, which I think he does, you got to go out and get the damn man. And he's not bad. I mean, you're concerned about his age. Listen, it's okay because you're probably giving him a two-year, uh, what, $46 million contract, 45 maybe 50 whatever the case may be. It's a two-year deal. <laughs> That's not bad at all. So it's not like you're locking yourself up into something for four years. And you're going to be screwed and you're stuck with that contract, like a Hassan Whiteside contract, like the Deion Waiters, the James Johnson and all that shit we did before. It'll be different. (laughs) It's a two-year deal. I think that's certainly worth it. It fits the Jimmy window. You go in win now mode from from right there. You know, you have a good complimentary piece next to Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler. And Kyle Lowry this year, he has 17.2 points per game. He shot 43.6% from the field, 7.3 assists. 5.4 rebounds. He's a solid, well-rounded player and also a good defender, like I said. The year before that, he averaged 19.4 points per game. So he can score 7.5 assists, 5 rebounds. All-around player, like I said. And it's a two-year deal. And I think that move, just like Kyle Lowry, even though his age, I know his age is up there, I think he can help Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler especially. In the Eastern Conference to get over that hump. So it'll be real interesting to see where they go with that whole Kyle Lowry situation. But I have a really, really good feeling that Kyle Lowry will be in Miami come next season. After that, I would try to see what the price tag is to bring Duncan Robinson back to this Heat team. Quite frankly, Duncan Robinson really didn't finish off the way we liked him to. But that game one, he was tremendous. And part of the season, Yeah, he was better last year, but having an elite three-point shooter that can catch and shoot and snipe the way that Duncan Robinson can is extremely valuable in this league. So, yeah, it's a lot of money probably to pay him, but I think it's in a really important position, especially when you have guys that can go to work like a Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. Having that ability to kick out to a shooter like Duncan Robinson, that can be really useful. Especially when you're trying to win a championship. Like every championship team needs a solid shooter. We saw the Lakers, they had Caldwell Pope. He's a good shooter. He's not an amazing shooter, but he's a good shooter. You need guys like that. You really do. Your role players have to be solid at shooting that three ball. And if you can have an elite one, that can really come a long way. But it depends on that price tag. If that price tag is about like $20 million per year, I don't know if I'm matching that. But if it's around 15, 17, if he's willing to take a little bit less of a deal to stay in Miami, which is always a great option. I mean, it's the city that gave you a chance. It's the team that gave you a chance. It's the beautiful city of Miami. You already have the chemistry with these teammates. You don't have to get a new apartment, anything like that. You can be set, buy a house here. But we'll see. It all depends on that price tag. I wouldn't be surprised if a team does throw out that $20 million per year. I mean, we saw it. Bertans got signed by the Wizards last year. He got like $80 million contract. Joe Harris as well got about $70, 70 plus million. Dollars. I can't remember the exact amount. It might be $72. But nonetheless, the shooters do get paid because they're really valuable. So I would just keep an eye on Duncan Robinson. I would certainly love to have him back. But like I said, it depends on the price tags because teams will get desperate and throw out money at these guys. So we'll see about that. Kendrick Nunn, I think I would let him walk personally. I saw a report that he's probably going to get about $15 per year from a team. I wouldn't doubt it. Listen, Tyler Johnson got paid some crazy money that one year uh, from Brooklyn, and we actually were stupid enough to match that. But money gets thrown out. Listen, they throw money out at these guys. People do that. Derrick Jones got paid a significant amount. Jay Crowder, he got paid three years, $30 million. Yeah, he's a solid player, but nobody thought he would get that lengthy of a contract at his age. So teams will pay. And Kendrick Nunn is a really, really solid young piece for a team. He can go get you a bucket. I love his confidence. He made a lot of strides defensively this year. It's going to be sad to see him go, but I personally would let him walk and try to upgrade that position somewhere else. Uh, Goran Dragic, I think we bring him back on a minimum deal or close to a minimum. Trevor Ariza, I would love to have him back. I think he was a great addition. I just I would try to find somebody else to start at the four position. Yeah, he did well, but over the course of a season, he's up there in Hage. I don't want to really rely on playing Trevor Ariza like 29, 30 minutes a night. You know what I'm saying? But I would certainly like to have Trevor Ariza back. Hey, the good thing about this, there's a good thing that people don't know. If you are signing your players to return to your team, it doesn't matter. You can go against the cap because you have their bird rights. So, even if you don't have cap space, if you want to retain your own, you're able to do so and go over the cap and it won't affect you. So, I just want to throw that out there. So, uh, yeah, I would try to bring Trevor Ariza back. Hopefully, getting Drogic's deal to near the minimum or something would be nice. Uh, like I said, Kendrick Nunn walk, Duncan Robinson, I'd like to see the price sag. And a name that comes into mind. Paul Millsap, okay, and I know Paul Millsap is old in age. He's kind of a boring player. A lot of people are not too high on him, but at a good price, I think he would be a very solid piece next to Bam. Obviously, he didn't have a great year this past season with the Denver Nuggets, but he's a veteran. He can stretch the floor. He can shoot the three. His numbers are way down, but I would look there to see what the price range is for Millsap. If we can try to get him at a really, really cheap deal, I think that would be a solid player to play next to Bam out of bio. I would personally like to see that fit, and it shouldn't cost much. So, you know, I'm not saying I definitely want Millsap. I'm just saying go check him out. Check out the price tag. Do your due diligence. See if that's a good fit next to Bam out of bio. I'm saying, like, for Pat Riley. Also, another name to keep an eye on, Rudy Gay. Remember, there was a lot of interest in the trade deadline that there was possibility of us getting Rudy Gay. Personally, I think I'd rather have a Rudy Gay on my team than a Paul Millsap because, yeah, he doesn't shoot the three really well, but I think he's a very solid player, and he has length, and that's what you want to do. You want to have these lengthy fours that can switch and play great, solid defense. I would like to add Rudy Gay to this mix. He averaged 11.4 points per game, 4.8 rebounds, 1.4 assists. He was shooting 42% from the field and 38% from three. I would absolutely love to have Rudy Gay, Kyle Lowry, and Duncan Robinson, if you walk away with that type of free agent and then bring back Trevor Ariza and Dragic, that would be a home run. I don't know if the numbers will let you do that, but that's something that like I'm looking forward to. That's what I would want if I had to choose something realistic, right? Because we want to be realistic here. Obviously, we all want Kawhi Leonard. But realistically, I would like to bring back those guys and bring in those guys. As far as the whole Victor Oladipo thing, him coming back from surgery and then his agent says that he's gonna be possibly clear to play in November or practice in November. Listen, that whole could, that word could be available. That's why I'm out on Victor Oladipo. I am not committing myself to Victor Oladipo for any serious money, any long term, anything more than one year, something that's not just a cheap prove-it deal. I'm not doing it. I really don't. As as bad as I wanted the whole Victor Oladipo thing to work out with Miami because it was a good fit, because that's what he wanted, and it was kind of like it was always meant to be. I'm not for that. I, I can't trust the guy. I mean, it sucks. I mean, he's a great—he seems like a great guy, a, a good player, a solid player. But if you can't stay on the floor, I mean, the best ability is availability, right? And you're not really getting that from Victor Oladipo. It's like everything is a question mark. Look, you could return to practice wins. Everything is could, could, could. And Victor Oladipo doesn't do things when he could, right? That's one thing we learned. If somebody says, hey, Victor Oladipo, your injury is four to six weeks, he's not trying to come back in that four. He'll take the four, six, and probably two more on top of that. So if, he's, if his agent is saying he could be available by November, I'm already thinking that's at least January, maybe even February. You know what I mean? So I'm really not uh, going towards Oladipo. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't even touch that. I wouldn't touch that. I would look elsewhere unless it's a really, really cheap bargain, prove it deal. Then we can talk about things. But Victor Oladipo, I'm really not too high on him. He really, really, really has to show himself to me because I, I, I'm not high on Oladipo as a lot of people are, to be honest with you. But hey, all in all, these are just things to keep in mind. These are not things that are happening, and I'm just sh- kind of sharing my thoughts on this whole thing. And I mean, nonetheless, I think this is going to be a very, very telling offseason. I can see major moves being made. I think we will be win now mode for sure. So I think we're going to make really, really big moves, or we're going to try to make big moves. You know, hint the Kyle Lowry thing. I don't think we're going to force so much of, hey, bring the band back together. Hey, keep these young guys. I think Pat Riley's going to realize that he has to go all in. And if that means letting go of some young guys or trading some young guys to bring in proven players that can win you a championship, then so be it. One thing's for sure. I don't think anybody is safe in this Heat team, with the exception of Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler. But besides that, I really, really don't think anybody's safe. And that's including my guy, Tyler Hero. I don't think Tyler Hero's safe at all. I think this is all business. I think Pat Riley's going to come into this offseason really, really stand Pat with a mindset of, I got to go get this ring. So I think we'll be back in contention next year, but we'll see. We'll definitely see. The one thing's for sure is I believe in Pat Riley. I believe in the front office. I think the moves are going to be made perfectly for us moving forward. But as for now, hey, if there's one positive thing like I said in the intro, it's that we get to enjoy these NBA playoffs stress-free. Of course, that doesn't mean it's okay that we got swept. Don't get me wrong. I'm still pissed off about it. But flip the page. It's over with. We're looking we're looking towards next year. Hopefully, we could bounce back, see what we do. But let's just freaking enjoy the NBA playoffs, all right? There's a lot of great matchups, a lot of good superstar power, a lot of good teams out there. Uh, good series, a lot of chippiness here that I've been seeing. So, I mean, let's enjoy the NBA playoffs. All right, so that wraps up episode 20. Thank you all for taking the time to listen to this episode. Like I said in the intro, I really wish I was here discussing a couple Miami Heat wins. But hey, it's time to flip the page and move forward. We can't dwell on the loss. And that's not to say that it's okay or acceptable. Don't get me wrong now. But just that we got to stay the course and look ahead to next year and continue to support this team. Because you guys are real fans, and that's what we need to do. We cannot dwell on things. We have to flip the page. It was a very rough season to say the least. But we'll be back, guys. I promise you that we will be back in contention the following year, and we'll see how it goes. Guys, once again, my Twitter handle is at Sports Vibes 305, so feel free to follow me there if you're not doing so already. And also you can message me there with any questions or if you want to talk about NBA playoffs, I'm watching all the games now that the heat are eliminated I am watching all the playoff games I really like the series going on so if you want to talk about that feel free hit me up there and yeah I hope you all have a great week and I'll see you guys back here next Tuesday and every Tuesday after that thanks for listening to the Miami Sports Vibes podcast with Nando Diaz